Lawyers, what is the dumbest thing your client has ever done? Mine wore a shirt that said, Natural Born Killer, into a hearing. For an assault charge. I had him turn it inside out. He went down anyway, but at least it was for, you know, actually assaulting someone rather than the shirt. Cashed in their retirement while in bankruptcy. When it's in cash, it's not protected. My all-time favorite is a client I had who was charged with DUI, who wanted to challenge the charges on the grounds that he didn't think he was drunk and the tests were administered properly. Guess who appeared at his court hearings, rip-roaring drunk, twice. And then, both times, he got into his car and tried to drive away. And both times, the police promptly stopped him, administered a breathalyzer, and charged him with DUI and related offenses. We didn't win that case. I was in court contesting a traffic ticket and saw something like this. The guy was in court for a DUI and was seven sheets to the wind. He was taken out in shackles. Fell over twice. Oof, I mean, these just sound like alcoholics. I hope they both got the AA attendance included in the sentencing. Told a client, don't say anything to the police, wait until I get there. He confesses to a crime he isn't even being investigated for. This was relayed to me by the RP manager of the office supply chain I worked for in high school. Individual stores didn't have RP managers, they existed at the district level. A young man, let's call him Eric, had been with the company for almost a year. He worked in office supplies and was by this time known to management to have light fingers. At some point, the store manager called in young Eric to his office to discuss his continued employment with the company. When Eric entered the room, there was a strange man who was introduced as the RP manager for the district. The conversation from the RP manager was very short, hoping to elicit a confession to the pens they knew he had stolen. Eric, we know what's been going on. If you tell us about it, we'll promise not to press charges against you. Eric just about crept himself and proceeded to spill all the details. The assistant manager was bringing in additional software, packing it in empty boxes of printer paper, and selling the printer paper to his friends, and somehow writing off the software as stolen or returned. Eric's job was just to fetch the boxes from the back when the friends came to pick them up. Not my client, but I was on the prosecutor's side when a defendant failed to appear for court. His attorney can't reach him, nobody knows where he is, so we all sit there for about half an hour until the judge gets sick of it and moves on with the docket. We find out later that day that the defendant decided to rob a 7-Eleven the night before and was sitting in jail two counties over when he should have been in court. I used to represent patients who were involuntarily committed because of a mental illness, so I wouldn't describe them as dumb, but still. Clerk, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Client, no. This happened a dozen different times. Had a client show up to child custody hearing, high on crystal. When she arrived, she began screaming at the judge and demanding that her no-good crystal-head baby daddy be drug-tested. I took her into the hallway and told her that if the judge ordered a test for the dad, he would have to order one for her. End of argument. I worked for the public defender's office and met a client in jail for a lineup that he had adamantly demanded regarding a crime with multiple witnesses. I met the client for the first time in a separate room to let him know how it would go down and what to expect. This is the kind of lineup you traditionally see on television, where there are a number of similar-looking people standing shoulder to shoulder in front of mirrored glass. 
They pull the people for the lineup from the jail population, and despite their best efforts, this is not a huge population. I walk in to meet the client, and he has a sty on his lower left eyelid the size of a golf ball. It was the most identifiable mark on a human's face I have ever seen. He still demanded the lineup and was identified instantly by every single witness without a shred of doubt in their mind. He still demanded a trial, and the sty was gone by the time the trial commenced. In conclusion, guy with a golf ball-sized lump on his face demands comparative lineup. Judge was determining if a defendant qualified for a public defender. Judge. Sir, do you have any income? Defendant. Yes, your honor. From what source do you have your income? Selling Mary J, your honor. This happened in Illinois and the defendant was not under oath. Honesty is the best policy, unless it involves telling a judge you sell grass for a living. Agreed. Omission is not technically a lie. Here's another ill-advised admission. When I was sitting for appointments one time, a defendant said, hustling as his source of income. Everyone in the courtroom laughed a little, even the judge. I represent clients before the IRS, had a couple who owed around 250000 in back taxes. We had no defense, so the only thing to do was have the clients meet with the IRS and plead for leniency. Well, the wife got arrogant with the IRS agent and at one point stood up and screamed at the IRS agent, who was a pretty decent person, making a very middle-class wage. You'll take away my Mercedes over my dead body. Then she stormed out of the conference room. Needless to say, she lost the Mercedes. Not a lawyer, but this happened in court. My dad was suing a customer for non-payment. The judge ruled in his favor for the whole $15,000. The guy he was suing got up to leave, but walked over to my dad and said, If you think you're going to see a dime of that money, you're a freaking moron. I will kill you first. He then walked away. For a second, my dad was worried the guy would get away with the threat, but he didn't worry much because the guy said it loud enough for the bailiff and the judge to hear. He did not make it out of the courtroom. My dad was a lawyer in the Navy. One of his first big cases was defending a guy accused of falling asleep at his post during Vietnam. My dad was all psyched, delivering what he thought was a well-prepared defense to the judge. The judge interrupted him, telling him to turn around and wake up his client. This guy might have had some kind of disorder. Your honor, the defense apparently rests. Accidentally admitted to the crime in his direct examination. Face palm. How do you accidentally admit to a crime? Sir, did you murder that woman? Yes, I did. Wait, no, frick! The case had gone on for years. Client was badly injured in a car accident and was about to win millions. Then she posted a Facebook status about her doing something very active and thus negating the entire case. Had to settle for 100,000. Years of work down the drain in one Facebook status. Attorney, this is Jen from the judge's office. Your client, who I see is charged with harassing phone calls, left us 87 messages over the weekend. The judge would like a word with you. Uh, Let's not jump to any conclusions until we've discussed the contents of those calls, people. There's nothing harassing about... Hey, your honor, just calling to see what your plans are this weekend. Some of the guys are going to Larry's. You're more than welcome. See ya. Uh, hey, your honor, didn't hear back, but wanted to give you a heads up that if you are going to Larry's tonight, you should park a block east of his place. No restrictions on that block. Whoa, your honor, there's some major traffic on Maple Street right now. Don't know if there was an accident, but steer clear of that place, big guy. Hey, your honor, if you do happen to be headed to Larry's, could you pick up a bag of ice on your way? Thanks, bro. Oh, your honor, I'm absolutely crazy. I can't believe I forgot to give you Larry's address. 1955 Crescent. A lot of girls here, by the way. Maybe wear those robes and catch you some strange. 
Get down here, bro. Ah, this client sounds like that ex that everybody has, finally taken to court. I had a brilliant gentleman on probation for narcotics trafficking and was not permitted to own or use a cell phone. He went in for a substance test with his probation officer, and his cell rang in his pocket. The police officer went to take the phone from his pocket and also pulled out a large bag of white snow that he bought to his substance test. Uh, She has a restraining order on you. You absolutely cannot contact her anymore. They moved in together. Fortunately, I was not the attorney in question, but Guy is convicted of some traffic-related offenses, loses his driver's license, effective immediately, gets in the car and drives home, along with his lawyer. Not my client and not my case, but a colleague was defending a driver in a wrongful death case. The first question at his deposition was, Please state your name for the record. The driver stood up and started screaming at the plaintiff's attorney and threatened to kill him. That went well. Didn't happen to me, but happened to an attorney I know. Client shows up for preliminary hearing on domestic violence petition, is wearing a ratty t-shirt, but his attorney doesn't pay attention to it. Attorney starts arguing and sees the judge turning bright red, fuming with anger. Judge asks the attorney if he spoke with his client about courtroom attire. Attorney looks down. Client is wearing a t-shirt that says, I have the male organ, so I make the rules. Story is from a friend of mine. He was defending a guy in court. Don't remember what he was charged with. The main witness for prosecution was on the stand and was asked if she could identify the defendant. She was scanning the courtroom and seemed confused. My friend was already silently celebrating because if she couldn't identify him, he could probably get all charges dropped. As he was mentally adding this case to the win file, he happened to glance over at his client, who had just helpfully raised his hand to make it easier for her to identify him. Even the judge facepalmed on that one. My law teacher would tell stories about a juvenile court he used to work in for one of the more questionable areas of California. Apparently, they had a real problem with defendants coming in with sagging pants and court officials showing up in beach clothes. The judge finally got so sick of it that he kept a box of rope for an impromptu belt and a box of neckties behind his desk, and he'd begin court proceedings by lobbing ample amounts of both over his stand at anyone he felt was in need of them. Uh, That's got to be a bit terrifying, a judge throwing you a length of rope and commanding you to use it. The cops in my preliminary hearing showed up in camo shorts and beaters. I was wearing a suit and tie. I know of a judge who will hold you in contempt for showing up dressed inappropriately. Also, he hates, and by hates I mean hates, cell phones ringing during his proceedings. If your cell phone rings, you're immediately held in contempt, and the bailiff immediately handcuffs you and takes you to jail. Ah, the South. That judge seems to enjoy an atmosphere of fear and tension in his kingdom, I mean courtroom, dizzy with power. I work as a legal aid lawyer in a Canadian province. I've had many dumb clients who did many dumb things. Wore a smoke grass everyday t-shirt while attending their substance trafficking and producing trial. Attempted to smuggle cigarettes to their inmate partner via their baby's diaper. Initially pooped their pants on the way to court to delay their matter. Denied driving under the influence, upon search by police, a full highball glass of rum and coke was located in their jacket pocket. Committed the unspeakable act on a girl. Sent her text messages from his phone the next day recalling all the sordid details. I have many more stories I could tell if there was sufficient interest. The ones I mentioned here all happened in the past couple of months. More stories? One of my first clients was a delirious hobo. When we were meeting at my office, he was ranting and his dentures fell out and landed on my legal pad. 
He picked them up and put them back in his mouth and continued to rant as if nothing had happened. Same guy appeared in court a few weeks later and refused to let the security detail inspect his hobo bindle. He told them that he wasn't going to appear without his bindle and left. He was arrested that afternoon for failing to appear. A guy came in and said he wanted to sue Oral-B because their toothbrushes kept cutting his gums. He asked if I wanted to see his evidence. I said no, but he still proceeded to dump a grocery bag of used, slightly bloodied toothbrushes onto my desk. Another good one, during a trial for a client in a circuit court about an hour outside of the city that I operate in, client decides to get a cab out there and tells the driver they'll pay them when they arrive. Client arrives in this community and gets the driver to stop at a local convenience store across the street from the courthouse. Client proceeds to attempt to steal five 26-ounce bottles of rum and is promptly arrested and taken into custody. Trial is postponed as we spend the day unsuccessfully applying for bail. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm not a lawyer, but this worked out super well for me. I was hit by this 65-year-old drunk lady who also happened to be on a substance at the time. The cops knew her husband was a firefighter, so they didn't breathalyze or do any tests and didn't charge her with DUIs. My EMTs had said, that lady is so drunk, she's going to buy you a ticket to Disney World, which is how I knew that she was drunk at the time of the accident. But I had no proof to bring to the table in the lawsuit, because if the cops didn't charge or make notes, you cannot add it later. So we get to my deposition and she shows up. She argues with me the entire time over my points and her lawyer keeps having to tell her that she needs to be quiet. Mind you, this lady had ruined my friends' and mine lives. So I was becoming less than patient with her calling me a liar when she got off scot-free. She exclaims to my lawyer, Even the police report is wrong. What do you mean that it's wrong? It has me coming from the wrong place. Where were you coming from? My friend's bar. Really? Did you have any drinks at this bar? Uh, well, yeah. How many? I don't know, and they don't charge me. They just keep refilling my glass. Cue to her lawyer's facepalm as all of this is on tape. Family law case. Judge had asked to interview the minor child in a closed courtroom with no parents. Attorneys couldn't stay. When done, the client re-enters the courtroom to see the child crying and tells the judge that he is fricking retarded. Right up to that point, my client was winning and was about to have the other party's parenting time suspended. The kid had said that the other party abuses him and that he did not want to see that parent anymore. The judge was not pleased. Other parties' parenting time suspended. My client has anger management classes ordered, fines, psych testing, and substance testing. During a divorce, the ex-husband claimed that he didn't make much or any money and wasn't able to pay the child support we were asking him to pay. A few hours after receiving this information, he posts a picture on his public Facebook of a wad of cash talking about how ballin' he is. Needless to say, his claim didn't hold up after that. I suppose this whole collection of stories could just be called What Happens When People With No Filter End Up In Court? Acting in their own defense, of course, filed a motion to kiss my butt, in which he required that America at large and one corrupt judge bend over and kiss his butt. The motion was denied. Uh, I'm going to allow it. 
At first appearance, a defendant stood there calmly and quietly when the judge was reading his charges and bond information. When the judge asked if the defendant had any questions, the defendant gave the judge the finger and said, Frick you, you motherficker, go frick yourself and then proceeded to throw down the microphone and walk away. The judge, who had been on the bench for years, replied, Well, I guess I'll let you know when my fan club meets. Not a lawyer or in any way educated on law and court proceedings and such, so please forgive my ignorance, but I want to ask something. Say you're in court and your client does something horribly stupid, such as gives evidence incriminating himself accidentally, or confesses, what do you do? Do you just sigh, admit that you've lost and everything stops there, or is there any way to salvage that? Just a curious question. It really depends on the situation. 1. Real legal proceedings are rarely like law and order. People rarely straight up admit guilt on the stand. I have, however, had a client under oath get straight up caught in having told a lie two minutes earlier. Sometimes you ask for a brief recess and see if you can make the case go away. Sometimes you ask for a brief recess and take your client into the witness room and shout at them, then come back in and try to put lipstick on the pig on redirect. For example, you just said on cross that actually it was Y when you said X earlier. Why was that? Oh, sorry, I get confused. And sometimes you can't do a damn thing about it and you're just watching in horror from the council table. So I'm a law student, but I work at a volunteer desk that helps people complete the forms for court. The awful part is I can't give any legal advice since I'm not a lawyer, which means I can't tell these people they don't have a case. However, the stories are great. There's the lady who sues celebrities. She asked me to help her sue Robert De Niro. Someone else helped her with a suit for Matthew McConaughey. She was doing it on behalf of her kids and their fathers for in excess of $100 million. She didn't even know how to spell their names. Then there's the guy who's suing DirecTV, CNN, Fox, and who knows else. Apparently, he's the one you have to thank for putting color on your TV shows and adding animation. He was suing because they hadn't paid him, ever. Finally, there's a lady who's suing her former employers for giving her too much money on her last paycheck. She told me they did it because they liked her and wanted her to come back. There was maybe 60 extra dollars on the check. She was suing for $10,000. Not a lawyer, but in court for a ticket. Apparently the cop lost the ticket book, so there was no official evidence. The judge said the next 15 on the docket, I was luckily one of these 15, just needed to say not guilty since there was no evidence. One moron got up there and started to argue that he was only going 5 miles per hour over the limit, not 10. The judge looked at him and said, Son, just say not guilty. The guy again said, But I wasn't going that fast. The judge laughed and repeated again, Son, just say two words for me, not and guilty. The guy, confused, mumbled not guilty in the form of a question. The judge said, Case dismissed. Everyone in the courtroom laughed and clapped for him. My high school best friend's father is a lawyer, and I remember him telling me this story years ago. He gets a client who's being charged with a DUI. He asks the client what happened, and the client states that he had two drinks, gets stopped, and the police wrongly charged him with driving under the influence. My friend's dad then looked over the evidence as any good lawyer would do. Comes to find out there was video evidence from a dash cam. Awesome. His client on video was visibly drunk, and he described it as being, you'd be stupid to think he was sober. He was convinced there wasn't much he could do with this. There's icing on the cake, though. When the police officer went to give him the breathalyzer, his client is heard stating, I'm too drunk to use this damn thing. I'm a law student, but I have internship stories. We had a client who was convicted of murdering his stepson. Before passing sentencing, the judge asked if he had anything to say to the court. He replied, 
I only effed up when I didn't kill my wife too. Life sentence. Another client, upon being pulled over and being asked if he had any substances or alcohol in the car, voluntarily told the officer that he didn't, but he did have some smack that he sold in his hotel room. He then kindly escorted the officer there and gave it to him. We had a client charged with selling white snow. In order to determine if he qualified for public defender, the judge asked if he had any way to make an income, and he said, Well, you know, from selling white snow. I bet I can think of more, too. My lawyer brother once got a contempt of court charge dismissed against his client by begging for mercy, using a Forrest Gump-like defense. My client is not a smart man. Immediately after the charge was dismissed, the client turned and in front of the entire court punched my brother in the mouth, yelling, Who are you calling dumb? Client was promptly rearrested. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.